Welcome to the Brand Party Podcast. I'm your host, Christine from CL Designs. If you know me, execution and getting shit done is my middle name. This podcast will energize you to invest in your brand in new ways. Join me for tips, insights, and actions you can take to make your brand a priority in your business. My guests and I deliver honest, to-the-point advice you can implement right away. Your brand is worth celebrating. It can be fun, and I'll show you how. Let's get this party started. Scott Stockdale is a podcast enthusiast in the process of transitioning out of his nine-to-five job into full-time podcasting. As much as he enjoys his day job in SEO, he often feels like a cog in a machine, and he wants to continue delivering entrepreneurial insights and motivation to his growing audience. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for joining the Brand Party podcast today. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for having me, Christine. It's an honor to be on your podcast. I want to dive in and ask you, how does Brand Party resonate with you? It resonates in a big way because I'm a big believer in making business fun and letting personality sort of shine through in one's work. That's why it strikes a chord to me. And as the co-founder of uh, Dream Beach Media told me during a recent podcast, we're all human and we all like to go for a beer at the end of a hard day's work. <laughs> so if we can bring sort of the good vibes to our businesses and to our projects by doing the right thing in the right sort of way, then everyone's, everyone's a winner and the uh, party never has to stop. Yeah, absolutely. You should have fun with it, I figure, because otherwise, why are you doing it, you know? Exactly, exactly. And so what would you say to those who feel overwhelmed by their branding and design challenges right now? I think uh, a few things. So just getting started, it's one of the best ways to actually overcome any sort of challenges that you're facing and any uh, feelings of overwhelm. Keep it simple. You know, you don't need a really fancy website. You don't need to know what you're doing. You can just kind of wing it (laughs) and just kind of muddle your way through things and learn as you go. And one of my friends, he always tells me, Google is your best friend. So if you're not sure what you're doing, just Google it. There'll be an answer somewhere. (laughs) Equally, YouTube, that's probably the second best friend you can have. So, you know, just search on YouTube. There's literally so many resources out there that can tell you how to design something if you're not sure how to design something or what resource, what website you need to go on to. So I think that's what I would say to people who are kind of facing those struggles. The school of Google. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It should be like a kind of masters in itself, shouldn't it? How to like Google things properly. I think. Yeah. Thank goodness. I mean, it's so interesting for entrepreneurs now versus like 20 years ago when the internet was not existed whatsoever. So I'm excited to see what happens as it becomes more and more aware. And in this digital age, we're seeing the rise of video content also, and you have such an interesting story behind it. And what has the impact been for you and how are we consuming it now versus before? Yeah, well, demand for video, I was doing a little bit of research beforehand and it has obviously shot through the roof. So I think in 2022, 82% of global internet traffic will come from video streaming or downloads according to HubSpot. And it's just crazy to think that we are consuming so much of it. I think for me, the impact kind of twofold. So one of my guests who will be appearing on one of my podcasts, Lana, she says that there's kind of three factors which make video so powerful. 
and those are know, like, and trust. So mm. those know, like, and trust factors. And basically, the more you kind of show your face and kind of show your your voice as a brand or as a business, more people trust you and show that you've got that kind of authority in your space. And I think just showing your face, you know, we humans, we like to see people and their faces. So it kind of makes you more yeah. likable and more trustworthy. So I think for me, those three have been really important. And in terms of like, even if you're doing podcast, it might not seem like the most visual medium. You can do things like put out audiograms or you can turn your podcasts, you know, if you were to record them as you're doing them, turn those into videos. So lots of different ways to get into video and yeah, it's blowing up. It's massive. And you've done something quite incredible to show up consistently. You dedicated every single day for a whole year on Instagram stories <laughs> to really test and true what you just mentioned. What are some of the lessons that you've learned throughout that process of showing up to your audience consistently like that? I think the most important lesson I learned was that it's easier to give 100% than 90%. And what I mean by that is it's so much easier to kind of be consistent show up every day because then you start action into a habit so you're not having to think about posting on instagram because it's just kind of ingrained in you and actually as soon as you break that i.e go to that 90 percent sort of effort you then have to kind of kickstart that habit again and it's just a bit of a grind or it can then grate on you so definitely showing up consistently i think it's actually easier than you know kind of dipping your toe in so that's kind of the first thing and i think the second thing i learned which came from my audience really was that they really appreciate authenticity so mm. you can't you can't really hide behind anything when you're showing your face on video consistently and you know there were days when you know doing it for a whole year on instagram stories well i just didn't want to show up at all like i was yeah. you know so many times i was hung over after a night out <laughs> or i was just like not feeling well or i just had there was like one particular conversation i remember with a, a food inspector where I felt like I'd just been in a round with Mike Tyson. You know, it was brutal. He was saying like, my business isn't going to work. The product's mm. really bad, which it kind of was at the time. And it, that was really hard. So I was like, you know, I'll just show my face. And actually that was probably one of my most watched Instagram stories and, uh, and posts. So yeah, people really appreciate the authenticity, particularly on social where I think myself included, we can sometimes hide away and um, not show our true selves. So those are the two biggest lessons, I think. Yeah, and I think even just having those boundaries of what you want to share, because especially when you're doing it for a full year, I can only imagine that obviously there are hard times, but even when you show up during those times, it humanizes that uh, aspect of life a little bit and people value, I think, the hardships that you're going through and can relate on such a deeper level. Uh, no matter how much you share of that. But even like I started the podcast thanks to 30 days of Instagram lives as well. Oh, cool. Okay. And so I did not want to show my face, but <laughs> again, kind of the same mindset as you, I decided I was going to dive right in uh, full 100% as well. And whether I showed up for two minutes or 20 minutes live that I was here to add value for my audience as well. And so it's nice to see that you've cultivated community around it who really appreciates the way that you showed up during the high celebration times as well as the really, you know, tough times as well. And it can feel really intimidating to show up and put yourself out there, obviously, which I think is one of the biggest struggles that people have with video content. But what are three things that our listeners can do right now to show up for their audience? 
I think for people wanting to show up to the audience, check out their intentions. So why are they posting a piece of content? Is it because they feel like they have to, you know, they feel like it's something they need to do. They're doing it out of wanting to show that they're not just being really boring, having boring lives. So I see a lot of, this isn't a bad thing in my opinion, but I do see a lot of people just posting like pictures of food or around a meal, like having a meal and stuff. And admittedly it shows you kind of you've got friends and that you are someone who goes out which in itself is quite important i think to show some content like that at the same time if you're just posting content like that all the time i think people just switch off i know i do personally i don't know Mm -hmm. if you feel this as well yeah absolutely yeah so i think like check your intentions why are you posting a piece of content i think that's really important having said that i think the second thing i would say is just jump on just get involved like dive in you know, jump on an Instagram story and surprise your audience or jump on the Facebook live or just post a video on LinkedIn of, you know, you doing something or TikTok or whatever it is. Or if you prefer podcasting and like audio, mm-hmm. then just create a podcast. Like it's so, so, so <laughs> easy to do. Um, or if you like writing, you know, just write something, put it on Medium. There are so many ways you can create content and interact and show up with your audience. And then I think the third thing I'd say is seek to understand before being understood. So Mm. this quote I love uh, comes from a guy called John Lee Dumas, who I had the pleasure of speaking with a couple of weeks ago. And he says that before people are going to start engaging with your content, you kind of need to show an interest in their content. So for me, what I like to do every single morning is uh, reach out to people on Instagram, just kind of drop the sort of look through their posts and things. And I'll like just message them that like quite thoughtful, just like, oh, I really like this. It looks really cool. Or, and something else I like to do is if I can't kind of comment on someone's post right now, I'll just take a screenshot of their profile, saves it in my photos. And I'm like, okay, I know I, I need to go and reach out to this person. They've reached out to me or I've seen something really cool, but I've not found comment right now. I can come back to it. So I think those are kind of three things I look for. Yeah, that's a big uh, intentional activity. I think the last one that you mentioned in particular, because it's so easy to scroll, obviously, and hours will pass you by down this rabbit hole. (laughs) But that's something that I've tried to intentionally do as well, is just really reinvest back into that community and genuinely be interested in what people are doing, you know? And at the end of the day, this is what social platforms are, were created for, was to actually socialize. And yeah. if you are interested, then just unfollow them. I'm sure people like will appreciate that more than all these fake bots and everything going around trying to impress one another in a maybe shallow way, perhaps. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, I still fall into that trap now and again. Of course. Just scrolling. I think we all do. It's <laughs> human. And I suppose apps are designed to be addictive and, you know, Instagram wants you to stay on their platform forever. So that's why it's kind of scrolls and stuff. So yeah, being intentional, I think the way you put it, it's really, really powerful. Just like maybe put a timer. I'm going to spend five minutes just commenting on people's posts. It kind of gets you in that frame of mind. So I should be thoughtful. Absolutely. And so I know your background is within SEO as well. And that's another Mm. area that I feel like people get so intimidated by and are completely unsure of what exactly that is. And (laughs) it can feel quite ambiguous, Like, can you break it down for us? And how does the power of SEO and keywords really affect your video content as well? Yeah. So SEO, for those who have no idea what it is, like you say, it can be this quite ambiguous, ephemeral thing. It stands for search engine optimization. And the way I like to think of it is making it easier for 
crawl bots like Google or YouTube to understand what your content is about so they can serve their customers better and their customers being you and me, just like normal people that browse the internet. So in other words, I think SEO is all about putting yourself in the shoes of your audience and your customers to understand what they want rather than what you want and how you can help them. So, you know, there's ways you can do this. Uh, Obviously, search queries that people are searching for kind of shows you implicitly what they're thinking and what they're looking for. So, you know, for sure that the customer wants something because they're typing into Google. Uh, And you can take a pretty good guess at what they want. So, for example, if someone's searching dog leads, okay, they might be looking for like the history of dog leads, but more likely they're actually searching for to buy some dog leads. So you can kind of imply what people are looking for. So various tools you can use, um, which I use at my agency to understand better what people are looking for. Free tools like Google Keyword Planner, which is really useful. There's one I really like, which is on SEMrush uh, called Keyword Magic Tool. So they're very similar in the sense that they let you uh, see what people are searching for, Uh, how many people are searching for these terms each month and these keywords. And then there's another really cool uh, Chrome extension, which you might like called Keywords Everywhere. So essentially you can just go onto Google, just type normally, and you'll actually see the keywords in their search volume pop up in your browser. So that's really useful. But yeah, it it can get very technical very quickly. And something I like to say about SEO is 80-20. Think, okay, what 80% or what 20% of my actions are going to generate 80% of the results. And it's kind of three pillars to this. So on-site, off-site, and technical. When it comes to on-site actions, this is things like, okay, creating quality content that is kind of including your relevant keywords. And particularly now that Google focuses on kind of the quality content, thing called EAT style content is really useful and really good at the moment. So EAT standing for expertise authority and trustworthiness. So if you can tick these criteria of being seen as like an expert in your field, you have authority in your field and you're trustworthy. These factors are really important. And again, you can kind of go into a breakdown of this, but it's kind of in terms of time, it can get very, you know, very detailed. So uh, move on to the other side of like offsite actions. And this is things like you want to be linking if you've got a website, You want to have other websites linking to your website. And that shows Google that people like your content, they're engaging with your content and they're recommending it to other people. So that's kind of the second pillar. So yeah, on-site, off-site. And then the third pillar, which I think is the least important in terms of SEO, but if you're wanting to take it a step further, technical thinking like, how can I make it easier for Google and other crawl bots to crawl my website? So we're thinking here in terms of like website structure, you know, can Google actually see all of your pages? You know, have you got links to all of those pages through your website? And then thinking about site speed as well. So this is a huge ranking factor and sites which are slow. If someone or a page is taking like 10 seconds to load, you're just going to jump off it. So that kind of increases the bounce rates and it sends to Google a message that, okay, this site isn't that great. People aren't really engaging with it. Focusing on these areas and providing valuable content that people in your niche are searching for should help improve your Google rankings, which in turn should drive more traffic and more revenue to your site. I guess in terms of video, obviously YouTube is probably the biggest platform that people are searching for video content. And believe it or not, there are ways to kind of boost the SEO of your videos as well on YouTube. So first thing that I would suggest is 
if you're looking to create a piece of content, do some video keyword research, similar to like if you've got a website. So here, uh, probably the best way to do this is to start typing relevant keywords in YouTube. And actually what you'll see pop up is lots of different options that people are searching for. So for example, if you were to type into uh, YouTube places to go in Holland, for example, you might see that keyword come up, that phrase come up, but you might see all the different options come up as well. You might see like places to cycle around in Holland or places to eat out in Holland. And then you can kind of create content based on those keywords. So you're kind of matching what people are searching for with what you're providing. So that's kind of the first thing, kind of fitting your video content into that. And then what you can also do is see the most popular videos from YouTube in that particular niche. And one way you can do that is to actually look at what other YouTubers content they're providing or making in that niche. And you can see what keywords they're using and what titles they're using, what keywords they're putting into their titles, what they're putting into their descriptions, what they're putting into their video tags, all really kind of valuable pieces of information that YouTube uses. And speaking of video tags, kind of chucking lots of different extensions, lots of different mm -hmm. tools here, but there's a really useful Chrome extension called vidIQ. And this allows you to actually see uh, on YouTube what video tags people are using in their content. And it just kind of shows up when you click on that. So that's really useful. And then I guess the third thing for video keyword research is to try and choose keywords which have quite a low competition. So there's not many people creating content around those. Google is your friend here. So what you can do is you can type in the keywords and then put a little site command. So just type in the word site after it, a colon YouTube, uh, essentially tells Google, okay, I'm looking for this keyword and any YouTube videos that feature this keyword will get displayed in the Google rankings, if that makes sense. Suppose the other considerations for uh, SEO in videos, if you're looking to rank highly on YouTube, audience retention is a massive consideration. So therefore you want to provide engaging, relevant content and lots of it. And the reason I say lots of it is because typically long videos perform better on YouTube. I guess this is kind of my educated guess, probably because YouTube wants people to stay on their platform for longer. So if you're providing a really useful but long piece of content, then people are going to stay on that platform for longer. They'll see more of YouTube ads. So YouTube favors that more that more, that content more. So it'll put it higher up in their rankings. Comments and subscriptions, massive as well. So if you can encourage your audience to leave comments and subscribe to your videos, again, it sends huge signals to Google that people are engaging with your content, that it's valuable. And then kind of the final thing about videos and SEO and all this sort of stuff I'd say is click-through rates are really important as well. So if you want to get people or you want YouTube to kind of push your content higher in their rankings for the particular keywords that you're wanting to target, you've got to make your thumbnails and titles compelling. So therefore, that if people are going to click on them and they're actually going to click on your video, because unfortunately, this is a bit of a, a sort of consequence of YouTube and how they rank. If you've got a video that is say higher than person like someone else who's just like below you, but someone like scrolls past your video and clicks on the one below that. So i.e., they click on one of your competitors that sends the signal to YouTube that, okay, your video should be below that of a person because they're clicking through that SEO. It's not something you should get too hung upon because providing your delivering excellent content, it will eventually rise to the surface. 
you can just help speed up that process by kind of really uh, nailing these SEO factors. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell my clients similarly that you don't need to be everywhere necessarily, but just what I've gotten from what you've mentioned too, is just being really intentional about what you're putting out there and how to optimize it in all senses, whether it is on YouTube or it's written on your blog, on your website or something to that capacity, that it's all kind of working for you in a well-oiled machine in a way to mm. really develop that overall brand authority that you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Something I just kind of uh, thought about right now actually is uh, if you've got like a WordPress site, there's a really useful plugin called SEO Yoast, which you may or may not have heard of. That really gives you a helping hand in SEO. So yeah, if all of this is kind of washed over you a little bit, because it can <laughs> seem quite ambiguous, um, SEO Yoast is really powerful and actually kind of talks you through the SEO process. So it's like, okay, SEO at the moment for this page isn't great, but if you include these keywords or if you kind of include them in your title or if you include alt texts to your images, so because yeah, Google can't read images. You have to kind of give it other things to be able to read those images. So yeah, the alt text is like a little description of what the image would say. But I hear a lot of people saying that they see social media as a chore. And it really pains me when people say that because I think you kind of alluded to earlier that social media is meant to be kind of a community. It's meant to be like a connecting with other people kind of platform. And the fact that so many people now are seeing it as just something they've got to do and not really enjoying it, yeah, it really pains me because I really enjoy kind of getting to know people on Instagram and LinkedIn and stuff. If you kind of feel that you're kind of slipping into that camp of, you know, finding it being a chore and you're not having fun with it, then have a think about, okay, how can I enjoy this more? Can I like do competitions that light me up and actually are fun for me to kind of do? Or, you know, can I just not worry about posting my own content, but actually just post like comments on other people's content? So there you haven't got the pressure of, creating that content if that's the burden for you but actually yeah just kind of reach out to other people it's surprising what you can find on there and what connections you can actually create like we just found each other on instagram also yeah. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> through the podcast community and it's been so wonderful mm -hmm. to connect with people that way so i do have some rapid fire questions if you're ready absolutely let's do it Amazing. So what are you currently celebrating? A couple of things. So I've just recently relaunched my podcast, which I'm super excited about. <laughs> Entrepreneurs can party. And it's all about showing people that business can be fun and that you should be, you know, you can have fun in creating your own business or your own creative project. So yeah, bringing on lots of really cool guests. And then the other thing is I'm looking to be uh, doing some Udemy courses around SEO. And I'm actually collaborating with a girl called Louise Croft, who's got some amazing Udemy videos on now already she generates around i think last year she generated over a hundred thousand pounds just from udemy so yeah the fact i've been able to partner with her um, mm -hmm. i just reached out to her we've got a mutual friend and um she was like yeah let's do it let's do one on seo so yeah super excited about that amazing well congratulations there's lots of new things on the horizon so really Thank excited you. to join the journey and see what happens next but what is the number one thing that you want people to have fun with from this episode one thing that i think people kind of what we've been talking about today like you know just putting yourself out there creating content something i posed to my audience a while ago and quite a few people took me up on it is this idea of the one minute challenge so essentially what i told my audience was like okay I'm going to challenge you to post every single day for a week on Instagram, on Instagram stories, like a minute long video. And if you do that every single day for a week, I will send you, um, at the time I said I'd send them like my old product. But if I do it again, I'm probably going to send them like 
something else I don't know yet but yeah essentially like yeah just putting yourself out there for a, like a week and what I found and what people who actually took me from the challenge have found is people have reached out to them saying oh I really like your Instagram story like it was really brave of you to post that and it was cool to kind of see you on video and things like that so lots of benefits from that and I think just being more confident from the camera is something we can all benefit from you know if you're in an, an office job then just appearing more confident is obviously a good thing for your bosses and stuff or if you've got your own business and you show up to clients putting yourself out there again it's only a good thing even though you're in the mindset to share value with your audience you will definitely learn so much about yourself in the process it's, it's powerful it really is powerful well thank you so much scott for taking the time to join in on the fun on the brand party podcast today where can people find out more about you well, thank you for having me, Christine. I've really enjoyed this. People can find me numerous different ways. So if you're into socials, then I'm on Instagram at Entrepreneurs Can Party, uh, LinkedIn as well. I'm quite active on there. So again, if you just search Entrepreneurs Can Party, I'm on there. Uh, if you want to email me about anything I've kind of discussed today, whether it's about SEO or Instagram, whatever it may be, I'd love to hear from you. So scott at entrepreneurscanparty.com. And then my website where I've kind of been posting for the last few years now, all about my podcast and like podcasting tips. And I've recently actually just put out a uh, annual uh, blueprint and strategic life plan, which people can download for free. And that's essentially 96 questions, which will help you create a better life for yourself in 2020. So yeah, really powerful stuff. Um, Yeah, scottstockdale.co.uk for all of that good stuff. Enjoy the brand party? Leave a rating and review to share the fun we've had. Until next time, 